0: now, around the world and around the corner, it's the David Bowers Awards, bringing the best in indie music to millions of listeners worldwide with your host, The David Bowers. We've got a fantastic lineup of guests, our entire crew here at the Asylum, and me, I'm John Bon Jovial. And now, here's the voice of indie music, The David Bowers. Indeed I am. Thank you so very much.
1: John Bon Jovial, ladies and gentlemen, the legendary. John Bon And don't you ever forget it, either. I couldn't. You keep reminding (laughs) me. (laughs) Thank you all for joining us again for another (laughs) show of music, merriment, mirth, madness, and all those other M words. We've got a lot of music, a lot of fun. And last week we mentioned our house band, Titty Bingo, whom we like to salute each week. We mentioned the fact that they have a new song out. Well, apparently you all want to hear it because we got enough response telling us that you wanted to hear it, that we're going to play it. Here they are, Titty Bingo with Paloma, a song for peace.
2: Why'd we go so far? Mother's losing son Bullets from a gun At the altars of love Our earth and everyone Came to just one man Help us understand Matisse was his friend. Get near his end. Henry gave his dubs. Pablo. Protected heart Picasso's master touch Picked up his magic brush From Henry's gift of love Pablo's piece was the dove
1: Supply our theme music each week and have for nine and a half years now. John Bon Jovi, what do you think of Paloma? I really
0: like it. I love the uh, the guitar work is so sweet and the mixture of the accordion is just such a nice blending. It's got a nice American sound, but it's also got a nice Tex-Mex sound to it as well.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the instrumentation is really it really makes the song. It's something a little bit different than anything we've heard from Titty Bingo recently, and uh, it's a refreshing change of pace. I really like the song. Paloma, a song for peace. It's by Titty Bingo. You'll find them online. Check them out at tittybingo.com and also, while you're online, check out our flagship station, WRFZ FM 106.3 in Rochester, New York, where we're heard every Saturday at noon Eastern time. You can find them online at rochesterfreeradio.com. Check them out. As I said, you've got uh, Steve Litvak's Rock and Roll Rumble show, which immediately follows the David Bowers Awards on Saturday, and that's followed by Armand Spins. A couple of shows, eclectic, not your usual rock and roll stuff you may never have heard before, and you'll probably wonder why you would never heard it before because they find some really great stuff that uh, just didn't make it on your local radio station. And then if you prefer to think of the past Saturday nights, Jeff Moulton's ABC oldies again Saturday evenings at eight o'clock Eastern time on WRFZ FM 106.3. John Bon Jovi.
0: You know, I was listening to Rochester free radio online. Oh, I guess it was about a week ago and They played a song, which kind of, I mean, I was familiar with the song because I love the song, but you never hear it on the radio, and it was Gordon Lightfoot doing Canadian Railroad Trilogy, and that's something you just don't hear on regular radio, and it was so nice and so refreshing, because I was actually getting ready to go to bed, and that song came on, and I had to wait the six or seven minutes until it was done, because I had to hear the whole thing, and that's the thing I like about Rochester Free Radio, they surprise you at every turn, you just don't know what they're going to come up with, and everything Thing they do come up with is quality. Absolutely. I have to agree with you. Gordon Lightfoot's Canadian Railroad trilogy, a
1: fantastic number. He's done some great stuff. Uh one of my one of my all time favorite. Tell the folks, John, about our friends at Anchor FM, what they can do there.
0: Well those good folks there Are not only great because they have our show on their platform, but at the end of every episode on Anchor FM, at the end of every episode of the David Bowers Awards, you're going to find a link. And if you click on that link, that is going to enable you to contribute any amount of money that you can afford to help support indie artists, the music that they make, and the organizations that they are members of, in addition to the David Bowers Awards. So if you do that on Anchor FM, you're just going to be a happy camper. We'll be happy campers. They'll be happy campers. Everybody's going to be happy, 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 because it really is truly a good thing to do. It's worth it and make you feel good when you go to bed at night. Thank you so much, Jumbo
1: and Jovial True Story, friends. You can help support us as well as in the music and the artists to make it simply by listening on anchor FM, the end of the show, there's a link for donations, pop in a couple of bucks, whatever you can afford. No donation is too small. We will be very appreciative. The artists will be very appreciative and you'll feel good about yourself. John Bon Jovi, how are things down in Florida this week?
0: Well, summer is definitely hitting with a vengeance down here. We've had unusually warm temperatures for this time of year. I think the norm, the average here in southwest Florida is supposed to be about 88 or 89 right now. In one of the uh, the suburbs, if you will, a little area called Golden Gate City, they had a high temperature of 98 degrees the other day. Here in the Naples, the greater Naples area, because we live closer to the coast, it got up to 94 today. And, of course, you combine the humidity with that, uh, you're not going to be in for a very comfortable time if you go outside. And and that is why I, I pay homage almost every day to the person or people that invented air conditioning I cannot thank them enough. Yeah, I can uh, I can relate to that. You know, the humidity uh, does make
1: it uh, kind of intolerable. It can really sap the strength out of you. I
0: used to joke about the fact that uh, you could work up a sweat lifting a beer. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Easily. <laughs> and then you have to work up more sweat lifting another beer and then maybe maybe if you're efficient at this another one after that and of course it all has to be done within the space of um, 15 minutes just don't get in your car after you do that (laughs) (laughs) no and it helps if you have someone else to exercise
1: the exertion of opening the beer for you that makes it a lot easier we've got a couple of great artists here today from australia we have mr lee thomas And from right here in the United States, as a matter of fact, from my old home side in upstate New York,
2: we're going to bring back
1: a gentleman we had on here some time ago by the name of Terry Johnson. You know him also as Mojo Johnson of uh, Terry Mojo Johnson's guitars and also as the lead man of the Swamp Drivers. We're going to play a little Swamp Driver music a little later and talk with Terry. Meanwhile, right now, let's give a listen to Lee Thomas and Higher Low we in here and say hello to the folks.
3: Hey, everyone. Hey, David. Hey, John. It's uh, great to be talking to you guys.
1: Hey, great to have you here. Tell us about Lee Thomas and and your background, how you got to where you are today.
3: Well, uh, I've been in the music game uh, many years, actually. I've uh, been a life player um, most of my life um, with a lot of the times with other bands as a guitarist and then uh, with my own bands and both playing originals and covers and uh, live performing has been probably my, my thing. I haven't really ventured into um, recording my own music uh, only up to the last couple of years. So um, it's, a, it's a bit of a new journey for me and something I've always felt like I should be doing, but, um, you know, I, uh, I sort of cut my teeth in the live scene and learned my skills, and um, and now it's uh, it's all about um, taking a new direction and um, seeing what I can do creatively with music.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that uh, uh, you've just recently gotten more involved in in actually writing your own music than you
3: have been in the past. That's right. That's right. I've, I've always been a writer, but I've never really pursued it that much. I, I guess I was I was busy as a working musician, um, working constantly, you know, live and, you know, making a, a living doing that. And, um, I, I think, uh, you know, it, it became a little bit empty for me after a while and I, I knew I had to do something creative and it always felt like writing was my, was my ultimate uh, goal. Um, so that's that's where I'm at now, and that's pretty much my 100% of my energy goes into writing and producing my own music.
1: And you've got a pretty solid collection of uh, of releases out there now, singles and uh, and some album play. You're getting some chart success throughout Australia too.
3: Yes, it's um, it's it's uh, it's slowly building exponentially I suppose um, it really is a matter of these days to putting out regular regular material I think to build your audience and and to um, capture the, the radio play um, I've probably had a little more chart success in Europe which is is odd um, but I'm not I'm not complaining so it's, it's I think today uh, the way the market is it's 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 much easier to reach overseas listeners Um, whereas you know in times gone by especially here in Australia you were very sort of uh, constricted to an Australian market which isn't a big market and um, so it's it's really nice to be able to to have people all around the world streaming your music and and hitting charts you know in in other countries Um, or, or in Europe and UK and, and United States and, and all sorts of places
1: Well, you know that's not something that is uh, unique in your situation because we've noticed here in the States that we have a lot of artists uh, many I mean uh, who actually make it big in Europe before they make it here in the States and some never do make it here in the States, but are a big success over in, uh, over in Europe and the U.K., and it's a, it's a strange circumstance. I, I don't know if the people over there are more open to new music and artists or if they look for new music and artists or, or what the story is, but uh, I've noticed there is, uh, there, there's a lot of American artists who make it quite strong over in Europe before they do
0: here in the States. John Bon Jovial, join the
1: conversation
0: here. Well, sure. First of all, Lee, welcome to the show. It is really nice to have you with us today. My question for you is, having never been to Australia myself and uh, hoping that someday I really would like to go there, but I know that uh, for especially live musicians, uh, live shows, uh, is, if I read correctly, Australia had uh, a little bit stricter lockdowns, if you will, on the whole COVID thing. Has that been letting up, and how is it affecting you as a musician and your live performances?
3: Yes, yeah, good question, John. It's uh, it has been a very um, tough couple of years for the live music scene here. I think it has all over the world, but um, we've had some very strict lockdowns here. It was it was very. Um, it probably can, almost continuous for, for two years. We, we had a few periods where restrictions would ease, um, but overall, I could probably say the live music scene was was shut down for a good part of two years, and and it really did kill off the industry. Um, it it shut down venues, it shut down festivals, it shut down people. From being able to go out and and also to to wanting to go out and I, and I still think that's to some degree um, still a situation at the moment. The, the music scene's been slow to return and people have been slow to go out, um, even though we're we're not restricted so much now. But um, it's kind of hard to get people back to that state of mind where. They want to go out. It's almost become like a couch economy here in some ways.
0: Oh, I think it's going to be a while till we get back to the pre-COVID levels, the 2019, you know, free-for-all, carefree lifestyle, if you will. This uh, pandemic really put a damper on things, not only in Australia and here in the United States, but all over the world. Have you been able to try to get around that a little bit by maybe having a, a premium type of broadcast over the internet whether it would be for free or being paid for by a sponsor or you guys charging yourselves for people to get in
3: definitely was was one of the first things that i that i did uh, when when the first lockdowns started occurring be, being at that Point. I was playing live three nights a week, four nights a week, um, all of a sudden going to zero and all my work was cancelled and, and everything shut down. Um, so I was lucky to be in a position where performing live was was no big deal for me I, and um, so I was quite quick to get onto the live streaming situation on, on social media and I had a couple of platforms that I regularly, weekly did live stream. So. Um, that was that was really helpful for me to, to keep me playing and to give me you know some some structure because really the structure of, of just general life went out the window so and it gave me a chance to you know play play my music to to my listeners and keep in contact with them in a different way it took it took a little of adjusting actually um, from being used to being on a stage in in front of people uh, to Playing to a screen, so some some people find that an easy way to get into playing live because you, you you don't you're not exposed to people directly. But for me, it was the other way around. It was it was a little odd to play to a screen, but um, it was a good way to keep in contact with audience and to play and keep playing. And I did that all through lockdowns. Um, some live work now starting to come back but I'm continuing to do some live streams. Um, and no, I wasn't getting paid for them, so I did them on my social media, and I guess the payback was just building building the fans and, and keeping the listeners happy and, and interacting with them in a different way.
0: You know, I can relate to what you're saying about playing to a screen Because for so many years, both David and I were in terrestrial radio uh, here in uh, the States, uh, on the East Coast, the West Coast, you know, and in between. And when you're on the air, you're in a control room. You've got a microphone in front of you. And at the time, back in the dinosaur years, the turntables and the cart machines and all that, there's nobody in the room with you. You're just pretty much talking to yourself, but you know you're getting a response because occasionally the phone rings and says, hey, thanks for playing that song. Can you play this song? And the few times that I actually got up on stage to introduce uh, a star, so I can remember one particular time in Tampa, you know, when I introduced Waylon Jennings to the audience, I was Scared out of my mind because there's all these people there. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, so but a, I had no problem scenario, being in a room by myself, talking to myself like that.
3: Yeah, I think one helps
0: the other in a way. Um,
3: yeah, it's a it's a very different scenario, but I think the the skills that you, you develop simply by broadcasting um, will will help you on stage, uh, even though you're in front of a, a live audience, which you're not used to. So. I think one does definitely helps the other, but they're very different scenarios to try and to try and adapt to.
1: You know, I was reading uh, an interview and a write-up about you in uh, Beat. dot com. Uh, Talia Ronaldo was apparently the one who interviewed you, and I love the language differences, the the terms and and phrases. Uh, for example, she uh, referred to your having done a collection of poppy mashups of guitar-based melodic rock over the last few years. I thought that was kind of strange, to be honest with you. Poppy mashups, I wasn't exactly sure how to take that. But I can tell from the tone of her, the, her article that uh, she's very, very highly praiseworthy of you. And I did love the headline of hers that had her expression. She said that your current hit, High or Low, is a mesmerizing earworm baked in an infectious <laughs> guitar-driven soundscape. And having listened to some of your music, I found that both descriptions are true, but they leave out the fact that you also have some very serious and emotional lyrics and that you can you can deliver a powerful lyric as well as uh, poppy mashups of guitar-based melodic rock. How do you do all of this?
3: Um, well, I, I do... I do like to write melodic. I, I, uh, um, yeah, an earworm is a is a pretty good description because um, I think if something gets in, in stuck in my head, as in a, melod- a melody or a, um, a piece of music on the music side of it, that that appeals to me. I think that's something when I listen to music, um, I like to get hooked in by by melody and interaction between music and and melody. So that's just always the a, a, a forefront um, of, a, of a song if I decide to, to pursue the piece of music. Up. It has to have those elements for me. Lyrically, I am a writer and I do take lyrics very seriously. They, they, they're not usually the, the forefront of a song for me, but um, they have to be meaningful. They have to s- express something for me, sometimes I like to keep them quite simple, um, but um, I, I try to capture emotion both musically and the lyrics have to complement, I think, the music for me. So I do treat them, take them very seriously and try and use them sometimes as an instrument, as, as a rhythmical instrument as well. I think syllables and word sounds and things like that for me, complementing the music or fitting into the to the music, to the rhythm and the mood of the music is, is a really important factor, um, and it's something I'm always trying to improve on and um, and pursue uh, those those um, facets of music.
1: Well, you—you obviously you take your music quite seriously. That's apparent both in, in the music itself and in your description of your processes and what you're doing. I do have to ask you one question, though, Lee. What exactly is a poppy mashup?
3: <laughs> I, I don't think I can answer that really <laughs> accurately. Um, I, I mean, think, we're
1: all familiar um, with the term mashup. I mean, that's, that's going, but a poppy mashup. Not sure what that means. Mm. I may have to contact. I'm not her. sure then. <laughs> I may have to contact. I'm not her sure. I answer. can only guess. Yeah, we should check with Talia Rinaldo of uh, of Beat. John, and uh, see if we can find out exactly what a poppy mashup is. Listen, Lee, you, you are
0: you are certain though that you're certain though that she's not referring to the Osmonds and and they called it poppy love. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, sorry. I'm a I'll, I'll leave now.
1: <laughs> yes, you can go home now. As I started to say, I before we let you go, run out of time, we always give our guests a time to tell the folks how they can find them online, how they can follow them, get in touch with them, and of course, how they can get your music. So here's your stage. Tell the folks how to get in touch with you.
3: Well, I think the best uh, way, well, the, the one-stop shop is my website, which is Lee Thomas Music. Dot .com uh, and all my links are on the website links to Spotify Apple um Bandcamp all my social accounts Facebook Instagram TikTok Twitter they they're all there YouTube um which I have a few videos up as well and um so I, I generally point people towards my website where they can then find links to the to the um all the other platforms to listen to, download, and, and just follow me along and say hi. You know, I love interacting with people online, and um, uh, it's, a, it's a really good way of um, keeping up with what's going on with with my audience and and then with what I'm doing as well. So, uh, yeah, it's great. I spend a lot of time catching up uh, on on social media, and so it's uh, welcome everybody to um, to hit me up.
1: Well, you've mentioned a couple of things that we have stressed here. One is we always try to direct people to the artist's website first because if they do, you know, if you have a way for them to get your music on your website, we always encourage them to get it directly from the artist rather than go through the aftermarket scene and we just we just encourage them to follow up. If they like your music, they want to get in touch, to do it. Because as you said, you enjoy it. And most artists do like to know that, you know, their fans are liking what they're doing. And uh, many artists now are interacting with the fans more than they ever have before. This is a good thing. And last but not least, before we let you go, Lee, I want you to tell us a little bit about your current release, Higher Low.
3: High or Low was um, written uh, out of, I guess like a lot of music, was written out of perhaps frustration um, in some ways with with being locked down and and feeling a little bit, um, I I guess, ineffectual. So um, I had a lot of people supporting me around there and, and I was probably feeling like, uh, I, I needed to, to to give something back to them, but really wasn't sure about how how to do it. So uh, hence, you know, I'll I'll take it to a higher low. I'll, I'll try my best to to keep going through without letting people down, um, which I think was the experience of a lot of people and, and musicians when when things went pear shaped over the pandemic. You, you're left wondering, you know, how how, how am I going to operate? How am I going to payback people in, in my life that have supported me So with, with no means to do it. So it was a, a bit of a feeling of being ineffectual but optimistic at the same time.
1: Well, you've definitely been optimistic and you've obviously followed through on it, you've uh, ever, all the indicators are that your career is still well on the upswing. And we thank you so much for sharing your time and your story with us today. We look forward to hearing from you again, and want to remind you, that, as we do all our guests, that you know we like you are all over the internet with uh, webpages and uh, and social media. One of which is our David Bauer, B. David Bowers Awards web uh, groups page on facebook and that is there for our guests like you to post your new music uh, play dates stories anything relating to your music and life that you want to share with the listeners post it up there you don't need to write me for permission post it up there we'll pick it up and we'll share it with our other sites and we'll try and get it around to as many people out there in the world as we can
3: Sounds great, David, and uh, thanks very much for, for, for chatting to me. It's, uh, it's been really a great pro- pleasure to be on the program, and uh, thanks to John as well, and I look forward to uh, to following along on, on social media as well and um, listening to the show.
1: Definitely, and as I said, you're part of the family now, so keep in touch. We like to keep up with what you're doing too. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Lee Thomas, Find My Way.
0: Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, Lee. Pleasure. What do you think, John Bon Jovi? This guy's good. He's got good production values. He's got a strong voice. I know that he's got at least a two-octave range there, uh, and his musicianship is quite obvious, and he, he's very good.
1: There you are, ladies and gentlemen, out there in the listening audience. If you like what you heard, get in touch with him. Lee Thomas, it's L-E-I-G-H, last name Thomas and uh, you'll find him easily on the Internet. If you have problems, drop me a line at david at thedavidbowers.com, and I'll be glad to put you in contact with him. Right now, we're going to get in contact with an old friend of ours. As a matter of fact, such an old friend that he and I grew up half a mile apart on a country road in upstate New York back in the 50s. We found each other accidentally through the show and his music with a group called the Swamp Drivers. We'll talk to him in just a moment first. Some music from the Swamp Drivers. Here is Live to Ride.
5: You cowboy riding across the land. It didn't matter who you were, your lady, Oh man, lady, right, right. The and I cracked that fly. everybody in the little right. be misty. I drop little gonna ride to the bed with me, let it ride, to live. well I'm fighting to be free, leave to.
4: right
1: music from a group called the Swamp Drivers that you longtime listeners will remember. And here today is the chief swamp driver, the man himself, Terry Mojo Johnson. And he's going to be talking to us about his latest project. Terry, come on in and say hello. Hey
6: hi guys.
1: How you doing? Thanks for inviting me. Oh I'm so glad awesome. to have you so glad to have you here. You got one heck of a project now. I want to congratulate you again on the sound you have with the Swamp Drivers. Great music. But you've, you've extended that to a whole nother level with your, uh, your creativity and creating these off-the-wall guitars that you do. How did you get into building your own guitars? Well, in kind of guy fashion. Uh, a buddy of mine gave me a cigar box
6: guitar. And as kind of a joke. It was 100% supposed to be a joke. I made a guitar out of a broom. And, um, you know, I just kind of never made one before and just kind of threw stuff into it. And I thought, well, before I give it to him, I'll plug it in and make sure it works. And in doing that, I, you know, I, it worked. I tuned it up and I never played slide before. I learned how to play slide and fell in love with the whole sound. And that's what got me going with making these guitars. And the, the, the thing behind that also was, about a couple months later, I decided, I was playing full-time with a band, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to try this broom out, just see if, you know, I, I learned one song that I could play. Mm-hmm. And the, the people that were at the place flipped out over, first, you know, they see me come, come in with a broom, Right, and people came up and started taking pictures of the you know this stupid broom leaning against the wall. And then I, I came in with my my normal guitar, and they asked me questions about this broom, taking pictures, and the whole place was kind of like standing still, waiting for me to play this broom. And that's where I got the whole idea, this concept of uh, the swamp drivers, and you know what I've been doing with you know making all these different instruments.
1: Well, I know that you told me some time ago that you take some of these guitars with you when you go out on uh, live shows. And you were at a, uh, I think it was at the Stanley Theater in Utica, you were doing openers for some well-known band, and they were so enthralled with the homemade guitar that you had there that time that they asked to use it on their set.
6: Yeah, those was, was Marshall Tucker. We opened up for Marshall right. Tucker, big fan of those guys. It was black. We got done with our set. And all the musicians from Marshall Tucker, you know, they're the big dogs and we're the movie guys. We had to stay on our side of the stage, and Marshall Tucker was on their side of the stage. We got done with our set, so we hurry up, get out of the way, you know, get room for those guys. And so we're hurrying up, packing our gear up, you know, to go catch the guys from Marshall Tucker. And I see all these feet in front of me. I and mean, I'm trying to put my in-cases and stuff like that. And I look up, and it's the whole crew from Marshall Tucker, all the bands. They go, this is awesome. You know, they're talking about, you know, they've never seen this stuff before. And they think, can we pick it up? And so each one's trying different things. And yeah, the guitar player took one of my guitars out and played it, and uh, which was which was awesome. Got a bunch of videos and stuff like that. But I've been very fortunate. We've opened up for uh, Kentucky Headhunters, um, Robert Randolph Family Band. There's been quite a few, because these, you know, these oddly instruments, so, yeah, that's, that was probably one of the smartest things I think I've done in my lifetime, I guess. So.
1: Well, it, uh, it certainly appears that way, and I know you're making a lot of noise with it. you get yourself your own full-time business now. And I realize there are variables involved, but on average, how long does it take you to make one of these creations of yours?
6: It, it depends. It goes from something simple. One of my most, probably most popular instruments that I play is a one-string garden hall. <laughs> and I did a video and that thing went completely nuts with it and everybody goes, Hey, can you would you ever sell one of those things? And I thought, Well, why not? You know, I'm doing some of the other ones and that one doesn't take too long. The first one I always keep the prototype. It always helps me with the second one.
0: Right. Um
6: so that one might be, you know, maybe six hours or something. Um, but then you get into like the the Harley Davidson motorcycle guitars. You know, just like a a derby cup, one of the parts is almost $300 and then you gotta cut, it's made out of metal, you gotta cut it, make it all fit, you know, put it all together, it's got exhaust pipes on it. They're they're very cool looking. And if you guys get a chance, go to mojojohnsonguitars.com. There's a photo gallery, which is kind of a sight to see. Sometimes I forget all the different instruments that I've made, but it shows all the different. Guitars that I've
1: done, so. And they are outrageous. I've seen many of them myself, and we'll we'll talk more about your uh, your presentation of these guitars so that the listeners can tune in and find them. But John Bon Jovial is sitting there entirely too quiet. I know he wants to <laughs> get into the conversation. You know, chomping up, at the
0: bit, chomping at the bit. Yeah, uh, Terry, I want to know what do you think is the weirdest guitar that you've ever made and what were the circumstances behind the request for that guitar?
6: When I first started doing it, um, I, I understood that the broom was kind of like a, I just picked that out from random. But from that point on, I just, I'd look at anything. I made a guitar out of a plunger, okay? That was kind of a shock, shock thing. Because you know, people look at it and they, you know, they just kind of shake their head. But the thing sounded awesome. That was the second instrument I made. And to be honest with you, when I plugged it in, it just sounded like you're sitting in a Louisiana swamp. It had that Delta Blue sound. And to yeah. be honest with you, that yeah. instrument named the band, the Swamp Artist. Uh-huh. Um, but I've done baseball bats. Those things are really cool. Automotive theme, motorcycle theme. I I did uh, a buddy of mine runs a uh, cemetery. Uh, I'm sorry, a funeral power up here and has been in his family since the 1800s. He said, look, I got all this stuff. He knew, He's a musician, too. He goes, I got an old shovel that we use for digging the graves. He goes, why don't you take this stuff and teach me something with it? I call that the grave digger. It, it's, <laughs> thing is, it's got a bunch of stuff from that. So it's kind of a little, a little eerie, but it's a few of them.
0: Have you, ever, have you ever had somebody approach you to make a guitar for them and your reaction was to knock you back a little bit and say, eh, I don't know about that. At first,
6: yeah, because you know what I was, when I first started doing it, it was originality. You know what I mean? How many people you ever see play play a, an actual baseball bat or an actual garden hall? I mean, there's people that made some that kind of look like it, but I take the actual thing and, you know, to do it with it. So at first, I would not, wasn't going to sell any of it or doing that stuff. And then I was thinking, you know, I I really missed some opportunities. And that's why I opened up Bojo Johnson tires and started selling it. And, and, and i got to be honest with you, there's still been a couple of things that I've sold that I've wondered if they're, if they're being recreated. You know, and that, that's mm. that kind of the hard part about what I do. I mean, how many times have you ever seen somebody playing the national baseball bat?
1: Right. Well, that was one of the things that I really, really was struck by. Uh, early in your guitar making lifetime there was the fact that you were using actual parts. You did one using actual Harley parts. Uh, you did another one using actual parts from a Mustang. And, uh, oh, yeah. I've seen, seen the baseball bat. As a matter of fact, you just got a, uh, an accolade with the baseball bat going off to, uh, to a famous location. Didn't you?
6: Yeah, I was going down was going to Texas and the guy, I kind of waiting Cause I just, I mean, I just just shipped it out. It's going to be kind of cool. I, he kind of said, kind of keep it under your hat. I don't know. Maybe he wants to wait and see how he likes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's going to be kind of cool. Well, you know what I got? I mean, right now, I, I try to, like, see things. So, like, I was talking about this, the funeral home. I've got a guitar. I know it's not going to sound as good because I'm doing it over a cell phone through an amplifier. What I do mm-hmm. online is a totally different thing to sound-wise. Well, I went to an automotive junkyard, and I got an air cleaner. I wanted to go as crude as I could. So I, I it, it's the body of an air cleaner. It's got a uh, butter knife that holds the strings, a 916-inch wrench at the bridge. It's got a gas tank strap, ear caps, duct tape, zip ties. I mean, it's it's uh, rude and crude, but I've, get, I've got that with you right now. I just finished this off a little little while ago. I'd like to strum a couple things on it. But Definitely. Hit us, with
1: f- f- hit us with a few licks think- from that. <laughs>
6: So again, that's through a uh, kind of cell cell phone, but uh, give you an idea. That's uh, yeah. I call this thing the junkyard getter, but
1: that's think good have a name you now. They are totally real. They are awesome. And listeners, if you haven't seen them, you gotta go check them out. Uh, Mojo, tell us where they can see what you've produced, and tell them about your uh, tell them about your show that you have every week. Okay, there's, there's two things. That if you want to just just out of curiosity, wise, you
6: want to see uh, the instruments. I do I do have CDs that I you know I've got to put together playing these instruments but everything. Is all at MojoJohnsonGuitars.com. That's the website. But as far as the shows, if you go to the Swamp Jarvis page on Facebook, every Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I uh, do uh, basically about an hour show featuring a bunch of different instruments. Uh, usually what I do is on that page, really on Monday I'll take and po- post, uh, you know, what, do you, what is there an instrument somebody wants to hear or request or songs or whatever. Um, So that's Facebook, and also if you go under uh, Terry Mojo Johnson under YouTube, uh, there's a bunch of stuff there also. So there's there's two places that you can,
1: well, three places you want to go to the website. Okay, great. And uh, give them that website address again.
6: www.mojojohnsonguitars.com
1: And there you go. Check him out. If you like what you've heard, you're going to love when you see it. And the neat thing about his show that he has every Monday at 7 Eastern time is that you not only get to see the guitars, but you get to see and hear him play these guitars so that you know, one, that they are in fact real, and two, that the sound on these things is awesome. I was totally blown away. The sound on these things is better than better than some of the guitars that you can buy out on the market i mean these things are incredible you've done a masterful job of quality in your craft work with these they are beautiful and i still i still want to see you get one with a microphone do one with a microphone and uh, if you get really creative, uh, I have another idea. You could even include a turntable or a, a CD player on it. But that's that's getting I, I'm a little bit way out there. But I would like to see a, a microphone guitar. You could actually wire it. You could sing and play at the same time. <laughs> you, 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 you
6: got the same mind, mindset as me. I thought I was the only one who had these weird ideas. That's awesome.
1: Well, you know, the listeners don't always know this, but you, people have to remember that we actually came from the same place. I mean, we grew up in the same town in the in the cattle country in upstate New York, and as a matter of fact, uh, Terry and I lived one farm away from each other on a road in a little small town in upstate New York. So, Terry, it's not surprising that we both have some of the
0: same warped ideas. <laughs> <laughs> They call it redneck ingenuity. There you go. Uh, Terry, I want to jump in here for just a quick second. And just just so you know, for your own edification, just to satisfy any suspicion that you may have about our show host, David Bowers, I've known this man for almost 50 years, and I can assure you that he's one of the weirdest individuals I've ever met. <laughs> well, there you go. That kind, that kind of book ends it. Terry
1: knew me back when I was... What twelve years old, and oh, uh, John, a long time ago, yeah, yeah. And John has known me uh since I was I don't know what my thirties, round uh, forty. Eight, I don't know 20, somewhere. I,
0: we met what night uh, WQYK in Tampa. Yeah, so that uh, would have been uh, nineteen seventy three. Yeah, I was about. I was uh, twenty nine thirty at 72 the time. Seventy yeah. two or seventy three, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Long ago in a galaxy far away, but uh, between the two of you guys, you kind of bookend my life and my weirdities and and all of that stuff. But uh, Terry, I want to take a second to thank you so much for coming, spending time with us, and sharing your fantastic story. I can't, I cannot encourage people enough. To check out what you've got, because I I not only have seen him and heard him, I believe in him. You've done a great job, and I I really think you're going to go a long way with these things. Awesome work, my friend.
6: Well, I appreciate both you guys spending time and having me on your show again. I appreciate it.
1: It is our pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Terry Mojo Johnson. Check him out online. Check out his shows online on Monday nights. And if you uh, if you have a crazy idea of what of uh, what would make an interesting guitar. Trust me, this is the man to not only make it for you, but to make it real and to make it sound like you want it to sound. Terry Johnson, and here's a little bit more of the music from The Swamp Drivers. (laughs) ¶¶
4: Then fill it back up Whiskey buzz Feel it right Missing you Kick your buzz tonight Yeah, all feeling good Captain In a big old truck Cruising the back road And tear him up Messing him doing it right get crazy In the moonlight Feeling good
1: Terry Mojo Johnson leaving you feeling good. I think he's done a good job of that.
0: So good, in fact, that John Bon Jovi, I think it's time to take us home. Yeah, what a great show today, and I think it's time that we take us home as well. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. Uh, Folks, you did it again. Thank you for sticking around with us this hour here for the David Bowers Awards, and we will be back next week. Just to let you know that the David Bowers Awards is broadcast around the world from the studios of Computer Help USA in Naples, Florida, and, of course, from the Valley of the Sun in Tempe, Arizona. And it is available for free on major streaming services, including Anchor FM, where you can help the David Bowers Awards support indie artists and music by clicking the link at the end of this episode and making a small donation. We would really appreciate that. Be sure to follow the David Bowers Awards and join us next week for the David Bowers Awards Saturday on WRFZ FM 106.3 in Rochester, New York. That is Rochester Free Radio, and you can hear it at noon on Saturday. That's noon Eastern and on Blog Talk Radio Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and 6 p.m. UTC. So until next week, for The David Bowers and all the other crew of radio morons here at the Radio Ranchero, this is the lovably legendary John Bon Jovial saying, be good to yourself, wash your hands, you know we're not out of this yet, and we'll see you next week right here on The David Bowers Awards.